Welcome to Venture in Switzerland. Venture in Switzerland is the Shark Tank or Lion's Den for venture capital managers in Switzerland. I'm Christian Dreyer, the host of this podcast, and today I'm talking to Olivier Laplace, partner at VI Partners. VI Partners, I think, is one of the bedrock companies in Switzerland in Swiss venture capital. Uh, so, Olivier, I'm very happy uh, to talk to you uh, this, th uh, this afternoon. Uh, we're meeting in Zurich in, an, in, a, in a room, in a hotel, in, a, in, a, in the lounge of a hotel, basically. And uh, I would like to find out, first of all, uh, what brought you to venture capital investing? Hi, Christian. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for the, for the question. Thank you for the, for the invitation. Um, I'm going to do a, a small class tomorrow at HEC Unit at uh, in Lausanne, and uh, and my first slide is how do you get into VC? Because usually no. the students are very interested to know how do you get into VC, and I don't think there's a very clear path how to get into VC. So and my path is is probably quite unusual. Uh, I'm a software engineer by training, right? I coded application for traders uh, in, uh, in in investment banks. And then I moved on the uh, structuring side of building derivatives, uh, equity derivatives for, for private banks. I've done it five years until I realized that the pace of work was super exciting and uh, intellectually it was extremely challenging, but it was not enough for me in a sense that I was living in a zero-sum game world. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I decided to, to build a startup at the time and I was living then in France, I'm French originally. And that startup wanted to bring people closer to each other leveraging what was then on the iPhone 3G, the capability of geolocation. Okay. Uh, and I've done it for three years. I, I learned a lot. It was not a great success financially, but it was a fantastic learning personally. And then I came to Switzerland to do an MBA. Then I worked in m and strategy for a technology company here in Switzerland. And the past five years, I've been the corporate venture capital activity of Swiss Post, um, that we then called Swiss Post Ventures. And, and so the, the question is, how do, how do I get there, right? So I love technology, I've been a software engineer, I had a tech startup, I've been doing a bit of m and strategy for a tech company. So that's a lot of pieces of things that are quite useful when you want to do venture capital investment on the tech, mm -hmm. technology side. Uh, for example, my colleague uh, Aunt and Diego on the healthcare side of the funds are much more like one is a doctor, the other one is, is a PhD. They're very hardcore scientists and, mm -hmm. and they need this to really understand the deep technologies in, in, in biotech, medical technologies, etc. Um, but there are many ways to become a, a VC. I think also being an operator in a startup, a co-founder in a startup. Uh, if you come from the financial side, um, of the, like corporate finance, um, it's also a great path to get there, but you need to realize that it's not only about numbers, it's also a lot about people, right? right. That's one, one mm -hmm. of the key elements, I think. Mm. And that brings me to the second question, actually. How do you see the dip or what do you see as the difference between traditional investing and, uh, and venture capital uh, and venture investing? So you mean a venture versus private equity or public no, equity? No, 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 no. Uh, just regular, regular asset allocation investing type. If you're, say, if you're yes. a pension fund, if you're a private investor, yeah. uh, if you're investing in stocks, listed equities, etc., versus when you, list, uh, when you invest in venture capital. What's the different mindset uh, that it takes there? We had, a, we had a great strategy teacher during the MBA who would really try to differentiate decision you make where you won't have any impact on the consequence of your decision and decisions you made where you, you, have, you can have impact. 
I think the difference, probably the answer to your question is probably the difference is in venture capital as a lead or co-lead investor, you can have some influence on, on the consequence of your investment. So you, you can help the startup in, in, in mm -hmm. a way. You can work with the founders. You can open your network. You can help them find the next good VC to get in, ideally mm -hmm. a, a top venture capital other firm. Uh, you can help them recruit good people. Mm -hmm. And you can feed them with mistakes you've done yourself right. and say, I've done this one, maybe try not to do it. Okay. Or, and if you build such a relationship with your portfolio companies, you can have kind of an impact on, uh, on, on the outcome of your investments. Right. Whereas, uh, obviously, in liquid markets, you have nothing at all. Exactly. To do with You're not going company. to call Tim Cook and say, well, well yeah. you know, are, are you sure about this guy you just hired? <laughs> well, so, you could try. <laughs> <laughs> I could try. And the other, I think the other aspect is patient, potentially, right? It's mm. like you, you may be probably much better at investing in topics where you feel absolute uh, drive to build, help the team build it, build the topic, the product forward and find new customers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So it's really a very different approach to the interaction with your investment object, if you will. With, with, I, with I think it's much less PowerPoint, to, uh, Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheet driven, it's much more people driven. You mm -hmm. need to, to meet the founders, spend a lot of time with them, with the team. What kind of team do these Need to people yeah. attract tells you a lot about their capacity to for, for leadership and building team and building a product so okay. your human aspect is quite key especially when we, we do late seed series a investments so mm -hmm. this is quite very mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay fascinating thank you then let's move on to the investment approach uh, questions basically um, my first question there is, uh, do you, or um, not or, do you and your firm basically, do you have uh, investment beliefs, i.e. Uh, structured principles of, of your investment activity um, that, uh, that guide uh, your investment activity? Uh, on, on the ethical aspect, it's very clear that we have debates about whether it's the right things to finance and build for society and this is this is kind of a common topic we have sometimes you know some debates about some potential investment where we say it's probably going to be financially very attractive but that's probably not the world we want to live in so and i was talking about the passion aspect i think mm -hmm. it's also some decision we, we we make like this yeah mm -hmm. clearly mm -hmm. okay um, yeah. so in the sense of should this exist uh, yeah or do we, do we want to contribute to it existing because the yeah. reality is that uh, if, if there's a market, it will exist, right? right? right, right. But how, do we want to be part of it? Do we want to finance it? Do we want to, right. to put our name next to it? Right, right, okay. So uh, the, the concept of investment belief in the sense that, uh, that I thought of it is, is something conceived by a Dutch pension fund. Uh, it's basically informing the, uh, the, the investment strategy uh, of, of the investor. Uh, so basically, an, uh, ethical part, uh, the, ethical, the ethical element is part of it. Mm -hmm. or can be part of it, but it's m probably more uh, about the functioning of markets, etc. So are markets sufficient or not? Uh, but I guess it's probably much more implicit in your case, as you also, also mentioned, that it's much more of a people's business, etc. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So you, would I understand your question, like, what is your investment thesis? You know, where, mm -hmm. where do you want to play and where do we not want to play? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Maybe let's zoom back, right? So VI Partners is, is a 20 years old uh, venture capital firm, um, one of the oldest, uh, longest established uh, VC in Switzerland. 
And the intent initially, it was built by um, the ETH Zurich and the partners of McKinsey Switzerland at the time in 2000 in order to help finance innovation out of uh, ETH, EPFL and other labs because they were realizing that there was a lot of good innovation in those labs, but the financing was clearly missing. And you need to realize that the amount of money in venture capital at the time was probably uh, 5% of what it is today, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe less, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a completely different world. Um, and then they went and they, they convinced uh, top 10 Swiss blue chip companies, you know, Nestle at the time there was Novartis, uh, uh, ABB, Hilti, Bühler, Schindler, etc., to put money within um, an evergreen fund, mm -hmm. which is a very unusual structure in venture capital. Mm -hmm. and still is. <laughs> and still is, yes, yes. And, and so this, this club of investors decided to do this to finance innovation in healthcare and in technology, even if healthcare was pretty far apart from Novartis, from uh, where they would want to invest, right? Um, because there was this idea to say, how can we support innovation in Switzerland? And, mm -hmm. and we see what's going on in the US, or the, again, the years 2000, we want to do something for Switzerland. Um, and over the past 20 years, uh, the, the four partners that have been driving the activity have decided to, so they, they've invested some in healthcare, pretty immersive in terms of stage, and the other ones in tech. And in technology, initially it was a lot around hardware technologies, right? And it evolved because in the past five, 10 years in Switzerland, the software space become much stronger. So more recently, our focus on the technology side has been more on software investment, especially software as a service, and we love B2B enterprise software mm. that can help transform digitally sure. large corporate and SMEs. That's one topic we invest in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who, do who doesn't love that <laughs> for the growth prospects and everything, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, got it. All right, uh, so, uh, do you, uh, so then you already kind of answered also the, uh, the next question about focus areas. Um, so that's, uh, that's basically the uh, industry focus. Yes. Do, you do you have a geographical focus yeah. area or a stage focus area as well? So initially we were very, very Swiss focused, mm -hmm. right? And with the last fund, we could uh, start to, to, to invest a bit more uh, outside of Switzerland, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it's, it's half Switzerland, roughly, and, uh, and a bit less than half outside of Switzerland. And we need this to be realistic. Why? Why would we invest in a company in the U.S. because they can find venture capital money if they're good quite easily? They don't need a Swiss investor. So we mm -hmm. would focus much more on neighboring countries, Nordics. You know, countries quite compatible with the with the Swiss mindset. Mm -hmm. But this fifty percent focus on Switzerland is 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 strong and makes sense because this is where our network is, mm -hmm. and abroad we are, and this is where we we would lead rounds typically or co-lead rounds. While abroad we would oh, typically we would we would we would be an active follower in a sense, right? Right, fascinating. Yeah. And you mentioned also the mindset, uh, the Swiss mindset. Uh, do, you, do you see that as having an important impact on, on the conversations that you're having with companies? Uh, maybe also as opposed to when some Anglo-Saxon investor comes in, talks to the companies, do you, do you get the different vibes? Or so sometimes, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah we, we, we had foreign investors uh, coming in and we were telling them, but when we talk about typically uh, shareholder agreements, how do you manage a board? And we, we, we need to give them a bit of, uh, of Swiss um, um, teaching in a sense to say, well, you know, 
it's not it's not a country where people go to conflict. Uh, mm. It's a country where decisions are made very consensually. It's uh, people see it as, as a village. They have a reputation to defend, so they're very careful with this. Mm. And it changed completely the way you see the veto rights within the shareholder agreements and mm. and within board important board matters, for example. And we had the conversation again just last week with a German investor, and they're saying, well, you know, in Switzerland, you 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 know that the probability of Things going go, 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 going on in a nasty ways is very limited. Mm-hmm. Also on the due diligence side, um, very often foreign investors are very surprised by the quality of the data rooms they find, the quality of the documents, and how reliable are the founders. Mm-hmm. And on the reverse, sometimes we have to tell the foreign investors, you know, the Swiss, so they're not overselling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you, you had the same team of American people with the same metrics, they would promise you probably two times more <laughs> revenue next year, right? Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. But you said that even Germans uh, are already different. Uh, so that conflictual or consensual approach uh, already cuts across the border. Uh, to the I, I feel so, but you know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a French national. I've been living in Switzerland <laughs> for nine years, so that's uh-huh. that makes my, my short. Uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Are there any fully mature uh, VC segments or uh, or sectors in Switzerland? I mean, um, the the. Uh, where you can where you can have a still uh, still impact on the opportunity set like I don't know I don't want to suggest anything. Okay, <laughs> no, it, it, ten years ago the answer would have been probably no. It was really at infancy. There were a few players. Mm-hmm. Now there are more and more players. There's a lot of uh, platform leveraging retail investors, for example, mm-hmm. to to enable retail investors to get access to venture capital. Yeah. Uh, it's also a, a very interesting approach, and it enables. The founders to choose between different types of setups, right? Um, I think the scenes start to be quite quite mature. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Could it from could the, it from the uh, from the sector of, of the from from the investor perspective? But I was more thinking about uh, industry sectors where you can invest in, like uh, I don't know, uh, biotech yeah. versus uh, fintech and etc. So there's clearly a very big fintech scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So people would be specialized into biotech or in general healthcare, uh, fintech. Then for the rest, how much would you want to specialize if you're investing mostly in Switzerland? The country might be a bit too tiny for this, right? Yeah. So if you're giving me a Monday tomorrow and you ask me to invest only in, in, in food tech or you ask me to invest only in agri-tech, I might tell you it's probably a bit too small for me to, to, mm-hmm. to see. I would want to be able to tap into adjacent uh, mm-hmm. verticals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, makes sense. Uh, also, a little bit um, in terms of the stages, uh, the investments or the company, the stages of the companies that uh, that you're investing in. Um, uh, well, I'm mostly interested in in the uh, in the later stages, in the growth stages, because uh, also I'm looking at this. Uh, from the perspective of the pension fund, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the risk return profile uh, in that stage is is better for my uh, for for my in, for my members basically yeah. ultimately, um, and uh, but, but I'm wondering uh, is there sort of a uh, an ageism element uh, in in the growth stage? Uh, I mean, can there be uh, or, do, or does it make sense for you um, as a as a venture fund? Uh, to actually uh, do growth investing, uh, pure and simple. I mean, in companies that may have been around for a couple of years uh, already, uh, but now have an aggressive growth uh, initiative that they want to develop. Uh, but they don't really qualify as a startup anymore because they're not, say, three or five years old. 
It's a very macro question. Um, it is. You've seen the trend of an explosion of volume of venture capital available in the market, including from corporates, uh, doing corporate VC. Um, that has pushed the valuation even uh, later stage, especially very high, right? And I think the thinking when the uh, interest rates were very low was to say, if I come at series D or E and I, I have a 1.5 uh, liquidation preference, compared to a negative interest rate, it's still interesting because mm -hmm. I'm edged, right? Sure. And this market is completely changing with uh, the rise in interest rates. So uh, it's going to be a very good test for these funds. Uh, especially, you know, the, the successful VC started to raise more and more money, which you can't deploy at C if you used mm -hmm. to do C, then you can't deploy anymore at Series A. So you have to mm -hmm. go Series B or C or D in order to de be able to deploy 100 million per line, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a challenge to find enough companies where you can deploy 100 million per line. Mm -hmm. So right now we've made the choice to, to stay at this stage where we've been, especially on the tech side, uh, lead seed and series A. On the healthcare side, a bit more stage agnostic um, because of the way they've been, they've been doing investment like financing companies just out of a lab, helping them to get out of the lab mm -hmm. with financing some companies just pre-IPO. And they've been successful in, in both, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I think it's right for them to continue to play like this. On technology, I think the market has been much more modified in the past five years with this explosion of access to, to, to financing. Regarding Switzerland, if, there, um, if there's a room to play where you do, you would do series C and later, it's probably start to be a bit late, right? Series B, you already have some players very active in the series B uh, ecosystem. Are there enough opportunities to focus fully on this? It's it's a it's a question. It's an open question. I'm I'm not sure I can answer this one. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. All right. Um, in terms of the deal sourcing, how do you work there? Can you tell me a little bit about how how you actually get to see uh, the opportunities? Yeah. So we have a mix of uh, a mix of automation and human aspects, right? So the 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 most effective way I find is to have a network of potential co-investors, people who know what you're doing that are themselves investors and usually invest before or at the same time as you in terms of stage, right? Pre-seed mm -hmm. and seed investors and also series A investors for in our case. That's people who you were on the syndicate together in the past. We've been a syndicate or we, we, we meet each other and we do regular calls, we update and we say, this mm -hmm. is what we've seen. We've seen mm -hmm. this company, what do you think about them? And in the logic of potentially co-investing. So mm -hmm. investing after them uh, or co-investing with them. Mm -hmm. And we've done some very interesting investments where some um, investors just called us and said, well, uh, there's some room in the, in the syndicate uh, and you would be a nice fit with your list of corporate LPs mm -hmm. that you could bring the company to. Uh, would you want to have a look? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the human aspect. Um, of course, we go to conference, we meet founders, etc. And on the kind of automation aspect, we have some tools, especially for Switzerland that we've built where we are aware of... Uh, kind of dynamically, you know, fundraising at, at pre-seed and seed stage, okay. which enables us to have a look and, and know what's going on. Because that's um, where the big numbers, uh, big numbers in the sense of transactions. Yes, right? exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then the, the main issue is you need to sort all this. And sure. also the signal is, is very, is, mm. you have a lot of signal, but also a lot of noise. <laughs> you have signal a lot of noise to noise, noise ratio yeah, is low. It's, 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 it's pretty low. <laughs> uh -huh. But it's also a very nice way to... Uh, you have also very active business angels. Uh, you want them to think about you when they, right. when when their portfolio companies go to to the next round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's a mm -hmm. it's a very networking heavy kind of activity. Mm -hmm. It's extremely networking heavy. 
when you go slightly later stage, because you have maybe a bit less players, it's potentially much, much more uh, numbers driven number heavy type of, of activity and mm -hmm. much more corporate finance based you know mm -hmm. you buy a company can you buy another one uh, to to complement that central company you acquired or where you took kind of a, a strong minority etc the game is different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay fascinating um now um you've said that with your company is is around for 20 years uh, so there's been a couple of exits as well so a couple of uh, uh probably not so good accents. <laughs> uh, how do you learn uh, from from experience? Uh, what do you, do you have a formal process? Do, how do you yeah, how do you learn? <laughs> yeah, we, we've done a bit of crunching on the uh, historical data recently. Uh, my colleague Gaetan would just join us to, to care of this and uh, it was this interesting metrics of uh, of taking the bottom 10 uh, performers and the top 10 performers and mm -hmm. then see what the ratio and, and the ratio was was 10x, which which is not bad, right? So the the, the return so, so the returns produced so the, the volume of money generated by the top ten performers in versus the, portfolio, the bottom ten versus the bottom ten, which is the, bo the, bot times. the bottom ten are, are, are write offs, right? Most of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, no, it's a, only ten times. It, yeah, it's, it, it's not that bad, right? It's That's a, surprisingly little. My initial my initial reaction. So. I you mean little losses? Uh, well, n no. Uh, the, the the divergence basically seems to be very small because uh, those bottom ten would go to zero, right? So that would tip. Yeah, but the question is, how much did you lose on them, right? How, how much did you invest, and uh, how much you, did you drive? You'd lose a hundred percent, but but obviously the allocation, and then uh, oh, and uh, I see. Then the later. So you take this. Yeah, then you take this minus, and you say how, mm -hmm. and it's uh, which means that. Uh, only 10% of your performance mm -hmm. is offset by your losses, in right. a sense. If you remove all the middle ah, performance, right? Okay. All the mm -hmm. middle performance, mm -hmm. only 10% of your performance mm -hmm. is offset by your, loss, okay. your, your losses. Okay. So I think it's a, it's a good um, it's a good downside management that has been mm -hmm. done. And, uh, and, and the question is the future. What have we learned? Maybe we manage the downside a bit too much. That could be ah. one of the questions and mm -hmm. one of the learning. Yeah, should we should we not be more aggressive that would on the be upside? Very Swiss, right? <laughs> that would be very Swiss, and it was also a very specific environment where uh, access to capital was much more limited. So it was mm -hmm. much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Again, your responsibility as an investor, financed by all those corporates, ETH, etc., to tell the company, you know what, no more money from us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In a, in a market though, it was much harder to find money. In the current market, it's much easier to say. Like, please find someone else. Approve mm -hmm. us, you can find someone else because we finance enough. Because the market is much more developed, access to capital is much more active. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, yeah, and you already talked about that side of, uh, of the company and the reinvestments, I guess, yeah. in that same yeah. company as well. Um, in terms of so the, the, the concept huh, is we, we get in right mm -hmm. with the first ticket mm -hmm. and then we, we we put aside some money to follow on mm -hmm. if the company is performing mm -hmm. or if the company is not performing well enough but still we believe in the case it's just taking more time and yeah. then we want them to continue to, to 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 be able to develop their activity yeah. right yeah. Otherwise and that's a systematic fine. thinking of how much money do we keep, you sure. know, how much future money will this company need, mm -hmm. is, the, is the case very capital intensive, yes, no, etc. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. okay. And right in the current market, we've, we've, we're pretty careful to get into mostly SaaS companies on the tech side, where we believe they have a way 
to get to profitability quickly if needed. Yeah. Like if we need to bridge them, right? Because they can't find additional money because mm -hmm. if the market became very dry, that they could continue to exist and grow, not as mm -hmm. fast, but still continue to grow mm -hmm. without too much additional capital. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent, thank you. Now that naturally leads also to your uh, risk management practices. You also mentioned already a couple of uh, things like liquid preferences, uh, preferred shares, etc. Anything specific, anything uh, that you do uh, out of the ordinary, shall we say? Yeah, we had, we had, a, we had an interesting, I interested discussion last week about um, one of those uh, yeah, documentation with Alan Rico, who's been doing venture capital investment for 30 years, right? He's one of the mm -hmm. general partners in the firm. And he was saying, well, in 30 years, you know, all those uh, reps and warranties, I've never seen them executed one, one time. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's very Swiss. Yeah. And we spent so much time discussing them, usually in negotiations, uh -huh. right? I would say not, not us, but usually the, the lawyers are very happy to, to, to use this as, as a topic to, <laughs> to charge more money. Mm -hmm. But in fact, the reality is much more about how do we make decisions, right? Uh, who, how do we name board members? What will be the dynamic? And we're very careful to avoid veto rights for anyone, even us, okay. right? Because we say, well, people can change and we want to make sure no one can block this company moving forward. Not, okay. not even us, right? So no veto rights. You, you veto veto rights. <laughs> we, we, in a sense, we, we veto veto rights. That's a very good point. Yes. Uh -huh. And we like simplicity in the, in, in the documentation. I realize that a, a slightly complex clause takes 10 times more time to negotiate. Mm -hmm. In the end, nobody really understands it, or yeah. everybody has a different interpretation. Mm -hmm. And we made only the lawyers richer, but we didn't mm -hmm. have the company create value, mm -hmm. right? So simplicity on the terms is absolutely key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the case for, yeah, I, I like simplicity more and more. The, the more investments I've, I've used, some people would try to anticipate every specific case that they've seen in the past mm -hmm. and then you would have documentation documentation the reality is that you will never be able to anticipate everything mm. so the simplest the more understandable the easiest to align on the interpretation of a clause probably is best mm -hmm. okay fascinating uh, last point <coughs> on the investment approach issue is uh, the the whole fashionable item of esg yes. impact investing etc What's your, uh, I don't even ask a specific question. I just let you react to that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. So it's, it's a very important topic. Uh, you, we, so clearly on, on the demand side, more and more investors in funds or so LPs uh, are pushing for, to, to get more offering regarding ESG. They, mm -hmm. they, wa they want to tick the box very clearly, right? So we feel this. Um, we also believe that uh, it's quite important to, to apply it to, to, to society and so we have some very good example in the portfolio. We have Legi, uh, this is a company doing capital management from Zurich. That is one of the fastest growing in Switzerland to date, right? They raised money from Sequoia last year, from mm -hmm. Enterprise Associates this summer. And, um, mm -hmm. and there was at Slush conference in Helsinki, Yoko this year was telling the story about the fact that they decided to have half of the uh, developers would be female. Mm -hmm. And to do this, they had to hire beginners and train them because that was the only way to get a large enough crowd. But they decided to take the risk of limiting their growth mm -hmm. and 
Then what happened? It started to be a place where very good female software engineer would want to go and work. <laughs> and they created this very uh, virtuous cycle. Uh -huh. You know, that's the kind of mindset we would really encourage the founders to get. How, how can you hack the system in a way to make it more aligned with your, with your values, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're also careful on... Uh, so the short-term uh, the, yeah. uh, the short impact of, of that move um, be, um, would be anticipated to be negative, but it turned out uh, to be positive quite fast. Right? Yeah, I, I think a short-term-minded investor would say, you're crazy, you're going to destroy value, yeah, going yeah. To take, you won't be able to find good developers, mm -hmm. uh, market mm -hmm. is too small, you will have to pay them too much, etc. Another might say, well, anyhow, we're around for seven to ten years, right? So mm -hmm. if you take one more year to really step in and then you become this place where everybody wants to come and, and, and work, mm -hmm. then fantastic. You know, you're, you're, you're building on, for on, the, on the long run and you will have a very strong differentiation. Mm. Okay. So in retrospect, it was a very good move. Mm. At the time, I was not part of the decision, so I mm -hmm. don't know how, how was the debate, but I could imagine it was not that simple to sell it to the investors for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, governance, no, governance is also a key topic, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that the, the company is as uh, is well governed, that the founders and the investors have a good balance of power, right? So typically, I no vetoes. No vetoes. <laughs> typically, right? I, I I had this joke last week to say, you know, I trust the founders more than my co-investors, you mm -hmm. know, because some are thinking much more long term than others, and yeah, right, and it makes sense, and you you want to make sure that you trust the founders uh, as long as possible. Sometimes you can't trust them anymore because they made some big mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, I had very little cases like this. Mm -hmm. But, um, and you know, sometimes you have CEOs started to tell you, well, I'm not sure I'm the right CEO for the next phase. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, it's much harder to find and recruit a good CEO within a startup than for you to learn to go to the next phase. Can we introduce you to some people that have done the, the leap? Mm -hmm. You know, and this kind of impact, I think, is, is, is important. And it's part of mm -hmm. ESG without really ticking the box, right? Mm -hmm. And then we in, we're including um, some ESG elements in, in, our, in our documentation today, right? And we're trying to Such find... As? Sorry? Such as? No, so we, we have we, we, we have a very simple framework, right, that we implemented and we're trying to find a way that it is as light as possible for the portfolio companies. Okay. So one, we, one issue we, we've seen is um, some invest some co-investors are sending very long Excel spreadsheets uh, mm -hmm. asking the founders to fill it in and it takes oh. it takes a yeah, very long time mm -hmm. and the impact of it is, is zero, right? Mm -hmm. So we better say, okay, are we investing in companies doing the right moves? Typically we invested in Unique in, in Zurich. Unique help the, the, the sales people selling enterprise software typically or, or similar enterprise solution to, to not fly anymore and meet the clients because mm -hmm. it's going, going to be much more productive and effective via, via Zoom calls, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we invested in, in Morgan, uh, that is a, an ETH uh, Zurich spin-off, that is helping you better manage your time. Mm -hmm. One of the main source of stress for uh, a knowledge worker is time <laughs> management, right? Mm -hmm. So reducing stress on, on the employees is something very important. There's a way to do it, which is help them manage their time much more effectively. We also invested in Pictera in Lausanne. Pictera helps you uh, extract insight from uh, satellite and drone images. Mm -hmm. And a lot of applications are in sustainability, you know, uh, sustainable agriculture, um, enforcing uh, the application of sustainable framework in agriculture from the, you know, the, 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 the how do your supplier behave, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, there's a big coffee company in, 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 in Vaux uh, <laughs> using Pictera in order to know how the people planting coffee 
are um, managing the farm and whether the, mm. the, their ESG transactions. Ah, okay. And they're turning around now from aluminium to paper, wrapping up the copyright. <laughs> 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 okay, that is very good. Uh, and that also covers then the env environmental thing. But uh, I guess, uh, just putting words in your mouth, I guess, <laughs> uh, the, the environmental element is mostly about the product or, or the service that they provide. Where you do the selection, and which yep. you said initially uh, at the beginning that you, you you think a lot about where you actually want to invest. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and do you report? Do you actually talk about that? Do you report that as well? So we we reporting information regarding the composition of the team. Uh, we reporting information regarding. We've not done yet some um, you know energy efficiency kind of due diligence, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not in our requirement, but that's something we will do for the next investments because we want okay. to get ready for the next funds. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we want to find a way to make it as light as possible for the portfolio companies because the issue with all this is if you're just in the mode of ticking the box, then you get into a due diligence where the company is not learning anything, but it's mm -hmm. just using, you're just consuming it's the just time. It's just complying. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're just complying. Mm -hmm. And on the impact side in general, there's so much money going into this space right now that um, we want to be careful to invest in the right companies, not only claiming impact, but even doing it without claiming it too much. Mm -hmm. Because um, within, and I think we will have an effect quite negative on the valuations. Too much money, chasing too little opportunities, and it will not end well. Mm -hmm. So at the investor community, we need to find a balance and, and finance the right opportunities at the right mm -hmm. time. But I was very surprised at the same investor conference, in, in, also a startup conference in Slush, but many investors were there. The number of newly launched climate mm -hmm. uh, VCs. Yeah. Well, were you surprised? <laughs> that they raised money that fast? Yes. <laughs> and we're already deploying this. Okay. Okay. Got it. Very good. Excellent. Well, Thank you very much for that investment approach, uh, Almond. Is there anything else that I should have asked or touched on? It's <laughs> very good question. Yeah, <laughs> reversing the question is always hard. Um, there doesn't have to be. Then. No, there doesn't. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you can always revert later. Yeah, I do so. then uh, continue to the next segment which is about sort of the firm structure VI partners you mentioned you've been around for ages um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, the governance of your firm yeah so the, very simply right you you, you have managing partners uh, that that own the firm right mm -hmm. and, 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 and shares the, the ownership and makes decision together and uh, you you have uh, employee partners and other employees but interestingly, what I've discovered is that it's a very flat organization. You know, everybody is asked for uh, his or her opinion. And um, again, in a very consensual way, right? To, to very open to drive things forward and to, to suggest new initiatives and to suggest how we could work uh, differently, right? Mm -hmm. And we are, and maybe something that's interesting to you, we're, we're very close to venture incubator. This structure, this evergreen funds. It's also the name, right? VI. Exactly, VI comes from there, uh, uh -huh. and that was that was the, the, the name that is decided at the time. And we have uh, a board of directors with representative 
from the investors, right? So from ETH Zurich, from McKinsey, but also from ABB, Hilti, Buller and others. That gives us very interesting access to corporate Switzerland mm -hmm. for portfolio companies, you know, and so to due diligence, we, we can ask contacts, you can you help me to in, get introduced to this person in your organization mm -hmm. uh, to help me do, do, do the due diligence. And then the reverse system, once we've done the investments, we can bring the startup mm -hmm. potentially to Hilti, something we've done recently, or Schindler, right. Right. Uh, and say, well, we think this is a software solution that's going to help you transform your, your, your organization. Yeah. So it's a very interesting two-way street, and, and there's strong, interesting links between the organizations. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, the, the old industrial model of Switzerland, pretty much. Eh? Okay, very good. Um, talking about regulation, um, do you have any licenses, uh, the, the traditional structures like uh, FINMA asset manager licenses or something like that? Yeah, I think that's, that would be more a question for my, my operating partner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So to discuss a bit the concept. Yeah, yeah. But oh, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a key element. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned also a little bit about the, uh, the, the team. Uh, can you talk a bit about the diversity uh, in the team? I mean, uh, yeah, I can talk about it. We're very poor on diversity so far, mm -hmm. but we just, uh, we, just, um, we just signed a contract with a... With a, with a an employee that's going to bring a bit more diversity, right? Mm -hmm. Who's going to start with us beginning of next year. And that's, that's, that is a very important element. We are clearly too many uh, white male people of 40 to 60. Mm -hmm. uh, and we know it's an issue. Uh, we know we would gain a lot by bringing other perspectives, but we need to find the right profiles. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and typically there's very few female uh, active in venture capital that are at partners level today, right? Mm -hmm. There are mm -hmm. many more now that are more, more junior levels or you know, investment manager stage. Yeah. Um, and so the thinking for us is that with the next funds that we're going to raise, we will hire junior people, mm -hmm. especially female, to en enable them to grow within the organization yeah. and get to, to partner level. I think this is the most effective way to do it. Okay. Yeah. So basically let them grow up with the uh, investment growth that you're exactly. experiencing. Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, do you report uh, that as well uh, to um, basically your your invest investors, to your LPs, to, I don't know, authorities eventually as well? So not officially, but there's always question about guys, be careful about, about diversity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no, uh, okay, diversity yeah. is one element, but also ESG reporting, impact investment reporting. Do you have a formal way, a uh, formal structure or formal report that you deliver to your uh, stakeholders? So um, we don't have it right now, but we're working on it because we have the formal uh, demand and, and okay. we feel this is something that we have to, uh, we have to be on top of. We have also have a formal demand from who? From, one from investors, yes, okay. yes, yes, okay. clearly, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very good thing that they encourage us to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a thinking whether um, it makes sense to, 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 to become a B Corp, right? So, mm -hmm. so we, we have various interaction on that topic within the firm right now, and I think by Q1 we'll make decisions on moving forward uh, and how to do this, yeah. Right, so it's, it's really live and, uh, and happening. It's, a, it's, it's top of mind for sure. Oh, yes, okay, excellent, mind. fantastic. So no need to actually uh, prod and push anymore there. <laughs> That's great. Um, do you actually, does your firm have uh, experience with managed accounts? So on that question, I, I, I'd be happy to 
for you to help me better understand the concept you mm -hmm. you, you, you you hereby manage the accounts. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the the, the, the the funds that you have been or are raising mm -hmm. as well in the future. Uh, uh, one approach to handling this uh, differently is uh, that uh, that investors or groups of investors would actually uh, create their own uh, fund structure uh, which uh, where they would have some segregated managed accounts which could be managed by managers uh, that they uh, recruit and uh, employ with a, with a, with a contractual arrangement and that would be in the in the managed account structure so basically mm -hmm. you would have a, a, an allocation of uh, x million uh, where you would actually have access uh, to the capital, you could call it, uh, etc., just like you do with your own fund, but it's in a structure uh, that is controlled uh, by uh, uh, by the by the LPs in your in your thinking. In your so, in, in a sense, venture incubator is a managed account, right? Because the structure is controlled by our LPs, uh, but they give us a mandate to to manage the money. So that, that's kind of such a structure. Okay. But, but technically it would probably not qualify as that because yeah. we're talking like uh, about, say, a, a, a Luxembourg or a Liechtenstein mm -hmm. uh, Reif or alternative investment fund, uh, which has some, uh, some segregated accounts and you would be given one, uh, one of, of those, those accounts yes. to manage. Yeah, yeah, that's clear. So. Interesting, yeah. No, I think we, 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 we can, uh, in terms of structures, uh, we can do different things, right? We, we, we open to even create SPDs for following investment for some specific investors, right? We have mm -hmm. uh, some are invested in the fund. We, we, we open also for them to have co-investments, right? Mm -hmm. So all of this is more of a construct. Um, how you do it tax-wise, but also who is deciding and how. Um, we, we would be, and I'm not sure it would change radically the way we work in a sense oh hopefully not it we, shouldn't we, 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 we're given we're given access to a specific capital that we have to deploy over mm -hmm. a certain time mm -hmm. investing in certain type of companies and then mm -hmm. it's up to us to say whether we're interested to take this mandate or not right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. a kind of of mandate in mm -hmm. a sense right yeah absolutely it's, it's true it is it yeah. is a mandate yeah. it's and uh, just to make sure that uh, that uh, we're on the same page about this it, it is a mandate uh, that you would be doing for one specific um, client basically um, and uh, it would relieve you of, uh, of, of basically having to set up your own fund structure. You could go into a pre-existing uh, fund structure, etc. It's very clear. So it's more pull versus push in a yeah, sense yeah. that today we build an offering, uh, we, 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 we launch a fund, we have a, we have a story around which we want to raise capital, we mm -hmm. say we're going to invest in this space, in this mm -hmm. geography, etc. Mm -hmm. Who is in to, mm -hmm. to, you know, to, to give us some capital that we're mm -hmm. going to deploy on this roadmap? Mm -hmm. And in this case, the, the point is more like there is, there is an entity that has money to deploy and they have a roadmap and they have an idea. In fact, they've created exactly. the product, but they want the driver, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they, want, they would ask us, are you interested to be the driver? Absolutely. And I think the project is exciting. Yeah, for sure. We'd be happy to be the driver. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Very good. All right. Uh, that space and uh, the lead capacity uh, element we, we already touched upon. Yeah, lead we clearly, we, we, uh, we, we, we appreciate to lead or co-lead. Uh, mm -hmm. We open with this, but mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, and we systematically take a board or observe it with every portfolio company mm -hmm. because this is the best way to, to add value to, to founders and to be closer to them. Yeah. Excellent. So basically, we're already at the end of the firm structure piece. Uh, same question as before. Uh, anything else that you should, uh, that uh, I should have asked you? 
No, I think the question could be uh, how do I see the next 20 years, right? So firm has been okay. around for 20 years. How do uh -huh. I see the next 20 years? And uh, Please answer. <laughs> and, and I think we clearly have an ambition to, 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 to build an asset management firm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, starting from where we're best, which is venture capital series A. Uh, we, we could also do earlier stage. We could do listed stage. Uh, we could do special vehicles for secondaries. I think mm -hmm. there will be a lot of opportunities in the market in the next two years for mm -hmm. secondaries in VC mm -hmm. because some, some investors will need to, you know, to, to, to get out of positions. Um, and uh, with, with an ambition, as I said, also to, to start the team differently in a sense of uh, having more juniors working with us and, uh, and teaching them might be a bit better outcome, but you know, helping them to learn about the, the work from you know, being a beginner in, in a space to, to becoming a, a partner in a firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's also an opportunity to, to do this, which is something I'm very excited about mm -hmm. because I, you know, I love to have you know, younger people around with fresh minds just out of university who comes mm -hmm. with new concepts and new ideas and new tools who challenge the way you work and mm -hmm. by explaining to other people how you work, you also reflect on how you work mm -hmm. and how you sure. could work better. So that's, uh, that's, that would be a very interesting setup. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>
process so how some investors close their eye on the fact that they're so good at raising money that they would say nothing about this behavior <laughs> uh, so that's also very very good learning mm-hmm. this okay. is on the on the media uh, you said who who to talk to mm-hmm. um i think one person you could talk to would be yoko at uh, at uh, at Legi, or portfolio company because they do okay. cap table management right and a lot of their oh, clients okay. are people who want to manage and get you know insight on the cap table and the metric of their portfolio companies. Interesting. So that could be a reverse way in a sense to, to know who she would recommend you to speak to. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Good and, point. Uh, Thank you. And a recent discovery. Well, um, I'm a big fan of uh, well-being uh, things. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, uh, and one podcast I find very good, which is for me kind of a discovery because you will understand the tool afterwards, uh, was... Uh, 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 Huberman Lab, which is a Stanford professor, uh, with this very famous podcast on uh, on on medicine in general, mm-hmm. and he has one of those podcasts with Chris Palmer, who is a, a professor of psychiatry at Harvard, uh, where they're discussing the impact of keto diet mm-hmm. uh, on mental health, especially some extreme cases of mental health that mm-hmm. some people can be cured out of this. And I find this tool of you know keto diet extremely. <laughs> It's, it's very, it looks very fancy. The mm-hmm. real keto diet which is very interesting because you can measure its effects. Mm-hmm. You can measure whether people follow the diet through, um, through, through uh, blood samples, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the only... That's, a, that's always the tricky part, right? That's following the only it. diet that you can check if people are really <laughs> following it closely. Mm-hmm. And then you can see whether there's some effect on right. the, the mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find, so it's a tool in a sense. So you asked me for something like a tool or an innovation. Uh, uh-huh. I've been listening to this three hours podcast uh-huh. over the weekend and, uh, and I find it very interesting. There is one particular episode that you would recommend. This one, the, the, the episode with uh, Chris uh, Palmer, this, okay. uh, this um, um, professor of psychiatry at Harvard, mm-hmm. which is one of the longest of the podcast, three hours long, mm-hmm. dis- describing uh, especially, especially um, the, the keto diet mm-hmm. and its impact on, uh, on mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's it. Olivier, thank you for thank having you. been on Venture in Switzerland. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the invitation. Sure. <laughs> thank you. Congratulations. You've made it through the full pilot episode of Venturing Switzerland. Please note that nothing in this episode, or any episode for that matter, can be or should be construed as investment advice. If you like this podcast, then please give it full marks on the podcast app of your choice and tell your friends about it. If you didn't like it, however, then please let me know about that instead and tell me what I should improve about it. I really appreciate the opportunity to learn. Until then, in the timeless words of Steve Jobs, stay hungry, stay foolish.